Breaking down Taysom Hill's wild, weird, wacky contract. The USFL is back. What it means for the NFL and the New York Giants kind of show up for their Monday night football game. We got all that and more coming up for you on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to the Locked on NFL podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. It's Tuesday. That means you get me, Luke Braun, at Luke Braun NFL, and Ross, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, a Saints expert and contract expert, to tell us about the weird <laughs> Taysom Hill contract. We'll get into that in a second. Also on the show, we're going to talk a little bit about Monday Night Football between the Giants and Bucks, and of course, we got to talk about the USFL. Spring oh, League yeah. coming back, another oh, one, yeah. a third one. Do we want this? Do we love this? Of course we love this. We'll talk about all that <laughs> stuff a little later. Uh, but first, let's get to the thing everybody's talking about. Because nobody can figure it out. So Taysom Hill signs a, a new extension. He was on this weird $140 million contract that was all kind of half like fake and weird and difficult to get. So now he's he's on like two contracts at the same time. One if he plays quarterback, one if he doesn't. If he doesn't, it's like a 40 or $40 million deal. And then if he does become the quarterback, you just slap like $55 million on it over the course of those four years, which that would make sense. The $55 million, like if he plays quarterback if he's your starting quarterback he makes a lot more money cool makes sense um but i guess that is a bizarre structure never seen anything like that so ross help me figure it out yeah look it's it's one of the most unique contracts we've ever seen in the nfl new orleans saints have always found little ways to do this right to where they've innovated the way that they have looked at contracts they became the first seat the first team this uh off season to extend someone beyond a fifth year option and then creating void years to make their fifth year option cheaper. And then they ended up extending, that was Marshall and Lattimore. They extended Marshall and Lattimore into those years. And they created something that was really, really unique with Ryan Ramchek in this offseason as well, a right tackle who has incentives in his contract that if he ever becomes an all pro, first team all pro at left tackle, that his contract will go up $1 million per year following that nod. So th- that's sort of the idea that was the infancy of this sort of like big boy version of the Taysom <laughs> Hill contract, right? Right. Well, Ramchek so had like a right tackle, left tackle thing, right? Yes. Yeah. So he was, he's a right tackle and it's a five year, $96 million deal. And then if he gets that all pro nod, first team all pro uh, at any point throughout his, his contract term, then the remaining years go up a million dollars. So that's the way that, that mm-hmm. incentive works. And so similar to that, uh, Taysom Hill has a contract right now, as you explained, that's $10 million per year if he is remaining in sort of this offensive weapon role, which includes playing tight end, playing a little bit of running back, being kind of a punt gunner, special teamer, like all the different things that he does all the time, including taking some snaps at quarterback. But if he were to become the starting quarterback going into the year 2022 or 2023, whenever that might be over the course of his contract term, then he would see his contract raise. The thing that's going to be really, really interesting to watch about this, Luke, or even more interesting than it already is, as you can tell, I'm geeking out about all of this. Yeah, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> but the thing to be really interesting about this is that, is this on a per season basis or is this on a per game basis? So the incentives that have to be laid in in order for those escalators to take place could be on a per game basis. Let's say 
every game that he plays over 50% of the snaps at quarterback, he gets $500,000. Then it's game by game, right? But then there is another way for it to be if he is named the starter or if he plays 50% of quarterback snaps over the course of a season, then that season ends up going up from $10 million to 23.75 or whatever that structure is going to look like. Because remember, it doesn't work out so cleanly that it's just going to be $10 million per year. There's going to be a right. signing bonus in there. There's going to be some years that are like that minimum, and then they're going to build up from there. So yeah. this is really, really, really interesting. Mickey Loomis, Kai Hartley, the, the salary cap gurus of the New Orleans Saints, finding another way to make contracts and numbers interesting across the NFL. Yeah, so 22 and a half of it guaranteed as well. Yeah. So at least we know that, I mean, he's getting some money. And here's yeah. what's awkward to me about all this. I totally get the kind of if-then structure of contracts, right? Put some incentives, mm -hmm. especially not likely to be earned incentives, are a really good way yep. to kind of skirt things around the cap. Um, and then it's a great way to protect yourself because if they happen, then you're probably happy to pay for it. And then if not, you don't, you're not on the hook. That's great. But for me, I'm, I'm thinking of the most likely scenario. Sorry, Ross, that's not Taysom Hill is now the starting franchise quarterback of the Saints. <laughs> that's not the scenario to me. And I'm just looking at like, yeah, he's used as a passer, as a runner, as a receiver and a blocker and all of these things that versatility has a lot of value. Uh, but I, I just quick tallied it up. I see him with 44 touches on the entire season so far. And we're in November. That feels like a really low usage amount for a guy who's going to be making like top tight end money, basically, on, in terms of like an average annual value thing. Like he's making a con a, an amount of money that is equivalent to upperish end tight ends. And it seems like for all the Saints want to pay him, he's he's also only taking like half the snaps on the offense. Mm -hmm. It seems like they don't want to use him. They just want to pay him. <laughs> Like, or is, does this mean he's going to get, his usage is going to go up? Like, this is where I can't figure it, would, it out. <clears throat> yeah. It would certainly mean that his usage would go up. But remember, it's not as clean as $10 million per year. It's $22.5 million guaranteed over the course of four seasons. So if they keep the base salaries low for the first two seasons, they could potentially stretch out that $22.5 million over three years. And then you're talking about $7.5 million per year, right? That's so it still depends on how they structure... It depends on how they structure it. Because remember, he's not only your tight end or your little offensive weapon or whatever. He's also your backup quarterback. So there's that other <laughs> layer of it as well to where he might not come in and replace a quarterback in game. But the idea usually now this year, an exception because he was dealing with concussion protocols and all these other things, but usually would be the very next game. Taysom Hill would be your second quarterback. So this promises him an opportunity to contend over the course of this offseason to become the starting quarterback. And if not promises and guarantees him a role at some capacity for probably the next two or three seasons out of that four year contract. Yeah, and I guess the way the Saints make this a big victory and the way they take their lap in three or four years on this is if the presence of Taysom Hill prevents them from having to go out and sign uh, like a blocking tight end or going out and right. signing like a, if they don't have to sign a backup quarterback and pay that guy $5 million a year, then okay. Yeah. You can see how like this whole thing would pay for itself. And with like roster spots and yeah. like consolidating those, those jobs. Um, that was a big part. It keeps them from having to go into like one of those panic Nick Boyle signings. Remember that one? So, you know, I do not. I don't know if I've ever <laughs> that heard was, that name. That was in a my life. big, that was a big tight end contract. That was like, I think it was the Ravens that signed Nick Boyle a couple years ago and spent way too much money on bringing him <laughs> in to block effectively. And it was like a panic signing. 
Uh, I don't like to talk about panic tight end moves. <laughs> a little sore about the Chris Herndon trade right now. So let's change the subject. Let's talk about Monday Night Football. We'll talk about the USFL. Another Springling coming up. Got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. All right, Ross. I know you're as as excited about this as I am. <laughs> For, Taysom Hill's contract. The relic of the 80s. <laughs> Taysom Hill's hairline. No, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the relic of the 80s. The USFL is back. Oh, All eight original teams, original like designs and logos. They look 80s as hell. And it. <laughs> it is going to come back. And in 2022, we're going to have a spring league again. Now, we had a spring league in 2018 with the AAF. We had a spring league or in 2019 with the AAF. In 2020, we had the XFL. That was canceled by uh, the pandemic. We've got a spring league again. I love spring football. I, I love the second chances we get from it. There's so many. I mean, the, the XFL yeah. in particular was a huge success in terms of giving guys a chance to get back in the league. And there are players in the league right now producing, doing well, that probably wouldn't have gotten that opportunity without the, without the XFL guys like PJ Walker, Donald Parham, and Storm Norton for the Chargers, mm-hmm. just to the few that come off up the top of my head. It is awesome stuff, Ross. Yeah, no, I'm super excited about this. I love getting another spring league back. I love getting these original teams. I love selfishly having a New Orleans, another professional New Orleans football team <laughs> as well. We get the, the, we get the New Orleans Breakers coming back. So I'm really, really, really excited about this. And the other thing that's really nice is that you get a couple of other spots that are looking for stuff like this, right? You get the you get New Jersey, who I know have a, a technically have the Giants and the Jets, yeah. but they finally get something named after them yeah. that's not like in their backyard, but called New York. Like we get these really great great ones. And then the thing that I love about this too, is that particularly for me covering the saints, the saints have such a rich history with the USFL, right? The first golden era of the new Orleans saints franchise was when the USFL dissolved in the seventies and Jim Mora came over, mm-hmm. he brought with him, Sam Mills and other players like that. It was the sort of beginning of what we call the dome patrol, the phenomenal linebacker unit in new Orleans. I mean, Von Johnson, like these players, these guys that all came over like the coach, as well as Sam Mills from the USFL had massive impacts across the NFL. And of course we see some of the biggest names in the NFL come from the USFL as well. Well, we see that same type of success again. I don't know, but, hey, just having a spring league to watch and to enjoy over the course of those months where we're starving for some football action and the potential to see those guys rebound and get back into the NFL, the feel-good stories are going to be limitless. And honestly, we'll see what happens with the potential as well. I just want this. I just want the season to get to its end, right? Just give me a mm-hmm. give me a, a spring league yeah, champion of a real. We had even fan-controlled football uh, last year, last off season, mm-hmm. which was a great time. But it was like a seven-on-seven, like indoor league. This is you right. know true spring football and. For teams, this is a scouting opportunity. It kind of becomes right. like an extra supplemental free agency of sorts. Um, I remember when the AAF dissolved, the Vikings signed like five players. And, yeah. you know, and a lot of players out of the AAF ended up making rosters. Guys would go to the XFL, get their shot, and end up making rosters. It's a great way. I mean, A, it's always good to have more jobs in professional football, right? Professional Mm -hmm. football is pretty scarce and and pretty competitive and pretty exclusive, and it's always good to open up more chances for people to gain experience doing stuff. just makes the sport better. 
Uh, but yeah. also, I mean, look, I'm starved for more football. I'm just excited to watch it. And I hope they do the same thing that both the AAF and the XFL did, where it's like two games on Saturday, two games on Sunday, and you get to mm-hmm. watch every single game if you really wanted to sit down and do and, and do that. Yeah, uh, that I, I love. I love that about the playoffs, you know, about the NFL playoffs, wildcard weekend and divisional round. You can just sit down and you just blow a whole weekend on it if you want. And then yeah. it just keeps going. I'm, I'm in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. The other thing that's really nice about this, too, is that it becomes another sort of proving ground for potential rule changes. True. Like what we saw with the XFL, right? Sky Judge other in things, the AF. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All of that ends up, you get the opportunity now to maybe have a place where you could see these things work without potentially sort of jeopardizing the in- integrity of the NFL game. I do this because I'm so sick of the taunting rule. That was air but quotes if you're down, uh, not watching quotes, on YouTube. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, so it's, it's really, really exciting to see all of this come together and the way that it's going to benefit the NFL as a proven ground for players, a proven ground for potential rule changes and potentially even a proven ground for new things. Remember the, the, the sky cam itself was an XFL of days past yeah. thing that the NFL ended up adapt, ended up adopting and adapting and that has become, you know, a, an absolute uh, sort of fixed point of mm-hmm. NFL broadcast now. Like that camera is in every stadium across the uh, across the league. So seeing all of those kind of innovations that can come from this will be very exciting as well. Yeah, it's it's a good place to have. I mean, there's so there are few NFL games. I know there's like you know 32 teams and they all play each other and it's 17 weeks and stuff. But compared to other sports, it's a pretty small sample world, and right. it's nice mm-hmm. to have a place where you can scout a player, try a rule, do something without having to use one of those ever so important games. Every NFL game, everybody walks onto that sideline feeling like their job might be on the line if this does if this yeah. goes poorly enough. Um, and in, you know, and, and it's going to be the same way for people in the USFL, especially for the players who it's like a a preseason for them, but it's going to be for players who didn't get reps in the real preseason. And that might just be what they need. A guy like PJ Walker, total gamer, just a guy that Mm -hmm. plays improvisationally was totally electric in the XFL and look at the job he has now, uh, maybe even competing for a start someday over in, uh, in, in Carolina. It's, it's yeah, it's totally awesome stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that's going to be really cool is that we have the USFL come back in 2022. If the XFL indeed makes its return, I'm talking to you, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> if the XFL does indeed make its return, then all of a sudden we have competing, uh, competing spring leagues and potential mm-hmm. competing sort of source leagues for the NFL. So that could be really interesting too, to see sort of the race to innovate between the two and then how that impacts the major league and vice versa. So Luke, I have one question for you. I have one question for you because there's no Minnesota team. There's no no West Coast team for us. We've got the Michigan Panthers, the Birmingham Stallions, the New Jersey Generals, the Houston Gamblers, the Philadelphia Stars, New Orleans Breakers. Uh, We've got the Pittsburgh Maulers and the Tampa Bay Bandits. Have you decided what your team is yet? No, I'm open to pitches. All right, everybody, send sell your me. pitches to Luke at Luke Braun Luke NFL Braun on Twitter. <laughs> send me, send me why I should root for your USFL team. Okay, one last thing on this. Yep. Uh, so here's I'm going to really get ahead of ourselves here, way down oh, in the I future. Please, please. Hey, there's been a whisper or two that the NFL is open to expansion, and the last time they did a large, large, large expansion was absorbing the AFL, right? Mm-hmm. And then that merger. These could be NFL teams someday. There's a way off in the future. Maybe, you know, just as good of a chance that they like that the league falls apart like the last two did. But Mm -hmm. if you know what, I don't know where the money's coming from this time. I don't know how sound it all is. (laughs) But hey, you know, the the 
there's there's a chance, right? And so it's there's at least chance. worth that watching mean, for that. Yeah, that would mean maybe some new teams in Birmingham and an, and an official New Jersey team. So, yeah. you know, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out. Support your leagues. Support the spring leagues. <laughs> Support the spring leagues. So I want to talk about this Monday Night Football thing a little bit to uh, r- wrap things out. This total debacle we saw by the Giants, Bucks blow them <laughs> out and all that. Um, so I had a wager. I'm loving Bet Online just redesigned their whole site, new oh, yeah. live betting, new player props and stuff. And I've been loving all the props. Uh, one of the most fun things to bet for me in any Tom Brady game is Tom Brady over half a rushing yard. It's always <laughs> half a rushing yard. Does he get a rushing yard or not? Uh, because it totally changes the way you experience the, the game. You're suddenly rooting for fourth and ones so he can sneak his one yard. Yeah. And then if he gets his one yard, you're like rooting for kneel, not kneel downs oh, <laughs> or that sure. he kneels forward. <laughs> or in uh, the case of this game, Tom Brady gets a seven yard scramble, which was the highlight of the game. Want to talk about it. Uh, but if you want to get in on gambles like that, get in on your prop bets or your live bets, bet on college, pro football, basketball, hockey, even MMA or your favorite Vegas casino games, head on over to betonline.ag. Enter promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. When you sign up, you get a 50% welcome bonus. That is promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, for a 50% welcome bonus matching half of your first deposit in free play money. Bet online, where the game starts. All right, so Luke, we've had some great stuff here so far on today's episode. Talk a little bit about this Taysom Hill contract, USFL. Uh, Monday Night Football, maybe not as great a performance, at least for one of the two teams. What did you take away from the New York Giants in this matchup as they I lose think, to the Bucks 10 to 30? I think we might be seeing a USFL quarterback uh, on Monday Night Football and <laughs> game chances, Jones. baby. We're all about second the second chances. chances. <laughs> Boy, he needs one. Okay. I am so annoyed by the Giants. The Giants, so this was 30 to 10 final score. Um, mm-hmm. The Bucks. it was a 10 to 10 tie at one point. Uh, Tom Brady throws a, a tip drill interception that the mm-hmm. Giants like bring down to point blank range. Um, and it seems like maybe they're going to have a game here. And then the Giants just sort of petered out. They just totally ran out of functional football. And I don't mean, you know, oh, they got beat. They ran out of stuff or, you know, the, the Bucks like had this particularly dominant performing. Mean, the Bucks did dominate without Via Veda, And that's great. Um, but it was the, the Giants were just incapable of putting together functional football. And honestly, if you're the Bucks, you take that, right? All right. Yeah. yeah you just like fall apart in front of me. I'll take my W and go home. Yep. But I am so annoyed by the Giants. They're in year three of Daniel Jones, year two of Joe Judge. This is supposed to be a, a, a new beginning. This was supposed to be right. a, a you know the the next chapter post Eli Manning, Tom Coughlin, right. and all Saquon that. Saquon Barkley's back. Yeah, this was they went out and got Kenny Galladay in free agency. Mm-hmm. Kadarius Tony was this like hyped up guy. Like they were really supposed to have. I mean, they have a top four guy playing left tackle for him with Andrew Thomas, right. um, and it's just such a disaster you're in year two or three of this build of the giants you can't be the worst team in the league anymore and right now they look like one of the worst teams in the league like i think you put them on a neutral field with the detroit lions or the jets or whoever your jaguars whoever you hate the most and i honestly i i, I pick them 
I'm That's what it would be on betonline.ag. It would be a pickup. Pick <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really does feel that bad. Like, watching this team, like, you just don't see the cohesion. You're seeing the same issues with Daniel Jones that you saw from college. Like, you're not seeing the development there, the steps forward, and this idea that Joe Judge was going to come in and kind of, like, be this guy that, like, push player development and was able to get the best out of his players and be that sort of, like, man among men or a leader of men type. Yeah, it's supposed to build a culture. To- Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we're just not seeing that right now, particularly when it comes to Daniel Jones, but also for this offense. If you remember last year, we covered the Monday night football game between the Giants and the and the Bucks as yeah. well. And the Giants almost won that because that defense, that tight front defense doing a lot of really interesting things on the defensive side, but they came up short because Daniel Jones wasn't able to complete a couple of passes, like these key moments where he missed. In this game, you see a pair of interceptions, including what might be the easiest. Like, we could have caught one of those. This is one of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. (laughs) How could an NFL player do that? Yeah, man. I I just, I don't know. Like, the the interception was something else. For those that maybe didn't get to watch the game or whatever, just imagine sort of a play-action pass that immediately resulted in Daniel Jones uh, kind of running scared away from the line of scrimmage. Quick pressure all day, Quick pressure right up the middle, and then he ends up just kind of like lofting one up to his left left guard, and then he gets (laughs) intercepted by a defensive lineman. Like, I don't really know. Like, it's hard to tell sort of where that was going. It looked like maybe there was like a developing route off of the play-action or something like that with the running back, but it just didn't get there, and it just fell right into the hands of a lineman it, it was it was bad yeah and with with joe judge in this giants build if you're supposed to have a culture i did not see that i saw quit mm-hmm. in the giants and that's mm-hmm. nothing annoys me more especially with a team we're like forced to watch four times a year in prime time <laughs> nothing annoys me more than a team that's got quit in it yeah they were down three scores in the early fourth quarter that's hurry up that's 17 points fourth quarter you got to be hurrying up right. and they had a drive where they took in between plays huddling up and just lethargically trotting to the line of scrimmage. Yeah. I charted this. They took 25 seconds off the play clock and then 30 seconds off the play clock. And then on another one, 36 seconds off the play clock and then threw an interception. It was wow. just it was like they are not even trying anymore. The team has quit on its coach. And I think it's time to they, they have to reset everything. And it's the another hard reset. When you do those hard resets over and over and over again, that's how you become, you know, the the 2000s disgusting, you know, terrible Browns, the Charlie right. Fry Browns. And you're just mm-hmm. like in a kind of constant hell. And and the New York Giants are careening toward that. But that's a little depressing. We should talk about the Bucks a little bit, too, right. who are a little more fun, at least to me, who's not in their division. No, no, <laughs> they're fun. They're a fun team, especially yeah. when everything goes right for them and they have a game like this where they're winning in the trenches. You get the opportunity here to where you're giving, you know, Tom Brady this clean pocket and he's able to just sort of like pick mm-hmm. apart death by a thousand paper cuts, but also get the ball downfield as well. I mean, to, I think you'd say that they had to his favorite guy to his favorite guy, Rob Gorkowski. Yeah. He comes yeah. back. He's available. This one. They find some really fun things with him. I mean, I think that that's, that is what the Tampa Bay bucks want to look like on a weekly basis. And honestly, I think that they left some out on the field. Like they didn't have to have their best game tonight going no. up against the worst offense in the NFL that we've ever seen, apparently, or whatever it was. And I've watched some of those Matt Nagy games. I'm like, damn, Oh man, <laughs> Jeez, for real. And so I think that like the Bucks, the Bucks who are, you know, coming off of these like disappointing losses over the last couple of weeks and everything, like that is a game to where they just needed to beat up on somebody. And unfortunately the Giants yeah. were just in the way. 
Right, you get the get right game, and and if you're if you're a Bucks fan listening to this, thinking we're not giving them enough credit, it's it's not that they couldn't have been better than they were; it's that they didn't have to be. They just simply if didn't you, have to be. Yeah. If if you're Arians and Brady and, and you know Bulls and everybody on this Bucks team, and you want the you draw up the ideal football game for your team to play, it is a thirty to ten win against a team that let you do literally anything you want. This is who the Bucks wanted to be, with you know downfield passes. I mean, they were mm-hmm. passing downfield up 20 points with like less than two <laughs> minutes left in the game in classic Brady fashion. Right. This was a stomping and it was an a, a opportunity to get right. And who better yeah. to get right than, you know, the stupidest team in the league that uh, <laughs> needs to be flushed down a toilet and perhaps relegated to the USFL. I'm, I'm done with them. <laughs> Jeez. I love it. I love it. Relegate them to the USFL. Get them a ninth team over there or bring that New Jersey team up. And then put the there it is the Giants down. You a know true I mean? New Let's Jersey team. Way. True New Jersey. Give New Jersey what it deserves. <laughs> a true football team. Uh, oh, I love it. Well, that's your Monday Night Football recap for this one. I mean, what a <laughs> what is absolute stomping. But hey, sometimes those games are fun. And you know what else is fun? Every day here at Locked On NFL. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here with you, Luke, who you can follow on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL, host of Locked On Vikings, myself, Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints. Find me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. We appreciate you very much for making us your first listen of the day every day. Coming up tomorrow, don't miss Tony and James. They go through all of the power rankings. Could be really interesting to see where the power rankings lie after yeah. this week. Another wild week in the NFL with these sub-500 teams beating these over 500 teams. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to figure it out, so make sure you check it out on tomorrow's episode of Locked On NFL with Tony and James. For your second listen today, make sure you go and check out Locked On Bets. Win yourself some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. We appreciate you being here with us for another episode of Locked On NFL, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.